Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Just reach out. Hi folks, and welcome to this week's episode, where we are going to discuss my favorite cryptid, Bigfoot, and the Freedom of Information Act declassified 20-page FBI report from 1977, which some of the conspiracy theory folks say is the smoking gun and proof the government was performing research and acknowledges their existence. We're also going to delve into a newer study on the Neanderthal man, which in my opinion holds some water as to what Sasquatch may actually be. Hey Deb, how are you doing this week? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing a little bit better. Folks, just for clarity, this is like the fifth time I've tried to start this without being tongue-tied. So we're going to roll on now that we've got this out of the way. Oh boy. We'll have these declassified FBI papers posted on our website, and also we'll have a link to them on our Facebook page. So let's go ahead and get into this. These are mainly copies of correspondence between the FBI and Mr. Peter Byrne. There are also some old newspaper clippings in there, along with some correspondence between the FBI and the testing lab. The letters from Mr. Byrne began in August of 1976, and the FBI report was released through the Freedom of Information Act in June of 2019. At that time, Mr. Byrne served as the director of the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition, an effort which was sponsored by the Academy of Applied Science in Boston. The main premise was to convince the FBI to analyze mysterious hair and tissue samples in 1976 with hopes that it would help him prove his case that Bigfoot existed. Is that the name of a physical location or just a name for the effort, as you said? It was a physical location. It was a place where research was done, and it was like his home camp. Okay, so... Surely there's more to the place than just the hair and tissue samples of Bigfoot. There is. They had a bunch of different witnesses, and, you know, they did a lot of witness interviews. They had all kinds of footprints. They had a lot of other things. But the main reason they wanted this hair sample tested was they couldn't figure out what it was. And uh, it was off of a fresh sighting. And we're going to go in a little bit more about that here in just a minute. This all started after a 1975 report in the Washington Environmental Atlas, also known as 
the Provisional U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Environmental Reconnaissance Inventory of the State of Washington, 1975. That is now a public document. It had referred to some tests by the FBI laboratory in connection with the Bigfoot phenomenon. The original request basically said, Will you kindly, to set the record straight, once and for all, inform us if the FBI has examined hair, which might be that of a Bigfoot, when this took place, if it had to take place, and what the results of the analysis were. Please understand that our research is serious. At first, the FBI said it had no record of any such test. To me, this is curious, as within just a few months and several letters, they then agreed to have Mr. Burns send in his sample for analysis based on, and I quote, the FBI laboratory conducts examinations primarily of physical evidence for law enforcement agencies in connection with criminal investigations. Occasionally, on a case-by-case basis, in the interest of research and scientific inquiry, we make exceptions to this general policy. With this understanding, we will examine the hairs and tissue mentioned in your letter. Well, I bet you can guess the results of the hair sample. Yeah, they said it was deer hair. Not sure if I buy that, especially when it was reported in the Atlas that there was hair sampled by the FBI lab that is of unknown origin. Could that be because they have no point of reference with which to match the sample? That's exactly the reason. They had no point of reference. It didn't match anything in their databases. So that means in the Atlas report. So that means that it didn't match a hair of a deer, an elk, a moose, a human, or any known animal. Here is what was written in the Atlas. The very existence of Sasquatch, or Bigfoot, as it is sometimes known, is hotly disputed. Some profess to be open-minded about the matter, although stating that not one piece of evidence will withstand serious scientific scrutiny. Others, because of a particular incident of totality of reports over the years, are convinced that Sasquatch is reality. Alleged Sasquatch hair Samples inspected by the FBI laboratories resulted in the conclusion that no such hair exists on any human or presently known animal for which such data is available. Information from alleged sightings, tracks, and other experiences conjure up the picture of an ape-like creature standing between 8 and 12 feet tall, weighing in excess of a 1,000 pounds, and taking strides of up to 6 feet. Plaster casts have been made of tracks showing large squarish foot 14 to 24 inches in length and 5 to 10 inches in breadth. They are reported to feed on vegetation and some meat. The Sasquatch is covered with long hair except for the face and hands and has a distinctly human-like form. Sasquatch is very agile and powerful with the endurance to cover a vast range in search of food, shelter, and others of its kind. It is apparently able to see at night and is extremely shy, leaving animal minimal evidence of its presence. Tracks are presently the best evidence of its existence. A short film of an alleged female Sasquatch was shot in Northern California, which, although scoffed at, 
shows no indications of fabrication. If Sasquatch is purely legendary, the legend is likely to be a long time in dying. On the other hand, if Sasquatch does exist, then, with the Sasquatch hunts being mounted and the increasing human population, it seems likely that some hard evidence may soon be in hand. Legendary or actual, Sasquatch excites a great popular interest in Washington. So, in your opinion, with that conclusion, could it be an alien or an animal that has yet to be discovered? Well, I don't know what Sasquatch is, and it's possible it could be any of those. But I'm leaning more towards an offshoot and a cousin to a human being, more than an alien or just a dirty, nasty primate. Well, is it possible that the tracks are old enough that the rain and frequent use and just the climate in general has expanded the size of the track over time? Not really. Um, that would only happen if the track was in snow only. And through melting, the, the snow melts away and the track is just going to get bigger over time. If it's made in clear dust, like they have a lot in Northern California, like a dusty dirt, or if it's made in mud, the rain and stuff will wash it away, but it won't make it bigger. It'll be washed away to the point where you won't be able to see it. I have to ask this question. It may sound stupid, but how or have there been actual sightings of them eating vegetation or meat? Well, there's been a lot of reports of people seeing them and seeing them eating vegetation, and people talk about habituation and all kinds of other things. And as far as meat goes, they say that deer is one of their favorite meals, and blah, blah, blah. Then we have all those reports of them being cannibals, right? So that would mean that, yeah, they eat meat. Let's you know, think about one second for Portlock in Alaska, where the whole village was run out because supposedly they were constantly being attacked by cannibal Sasquatch. But were they actually visually seen? There was reports, so I'm going to assume, yes, they were seen. Okay. And how does how do we determine that they are shy? Wouldn't that involve an up-close and personal encounter? I think we can classify them as shy because they don't want to be seen. And... They're not. They're not readily seen. Well, so, I would say that's just smart on their part. I, I would agree, but I didn't write the report back in 1975. <laughs> okay. So I, I would agree with you. I think you're right on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So with all that, follow this rabbit hole with me as we look at it from a UFO direction. Oh boy. They insisted for years, the government being they, that UFOs didn't exist. And everyone and anyone who claimed they did had a mental disorder. If you will recall, they are now saying that UFOs do exist and have even recently released some of the classified videos that were taken of UFOs from fighter ships and warships in the United States, like the Tic Tac video and stuff like that. So, if Bigfoot is not real then why was it included in the atlas produced by the Washington State Army Corps of Engineers? Why else would the Army Corps of Engineers list Bigfoot 
within its native species list if it didn't actually exist? Why would maps showcase sighting locations as well as breakdowns of the evidence found at encounter sites be published for the masses if this creature wasn't real? They even went as far as to say that the infamous Patterson-Gimlin film of a female Bigfoot in 1967 is real. Think about that. The U.S. government is saying the film is authentic, even though people are trying to discount it to this day. Well, to be fair, most people do not trust or believe in anything the government has to say and haven't for quite some time. Uh, I, yeah, I get that, and I agree with you. But then, talking about the Patterson-Gimlin film, people are trying to discount it to this day, and all, all these experts are saying that it's true, this and that. But you have to believe that the government has the best technology in the world to look at different things. We've got satellites that can read license plates. You know, that technology doesn't get handed to us too often. It's kept for their use. But they've got the best technology in the world. And in this report in 1975, they say that the film is real. It's authentic. It's not touched. Newspapers at that time went wild with the story, and articles popped up all over the place speaking about how the engineering corps had finally done what no agency had been willing to do before, officially recognized the existence of the big guy himself. But the government of Washington and of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Seattle District, had other things to say on the matter at that time. Of course, after the public outcry, and in typical fashion, they tried to recant by saying even though it was included in the report, it is not officially recognized species in the state of Washington and remains a myth and a legend. Sounds like uh, Roswell all over again, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's a good common sense question. It took them over three years of research and a cost of $200,000 to do the report in 1975. That's over $1.25 million today in, in our money today. Who is going to spend that amount of time and money just to include a joke or a hoax in a publication? Could it be that there are many accounts of violent interactions with Bigfoot on Fort Lewis in Washington State, which consist of over 87,000 acres of remote, remote forest? What sort of violent interactions? There are said to be reports of interactions with soldiers where they've soldiers have been killed by these creatures, that we have killed these creatures and they've been taken away in uh, black bags and helicopters. And there's, there's a lot of reports out there from ex-soldiers and stuff talking about this, but no one really wants to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. So now let's take a look at one more item that was released on April 1st, 2015. Yes, they now claim it that this was an April Fool's joke and a prank, but we all know how our government loves to use psychological warfare, so it's up to you to decide its validity. They really love to screw with our minds. You know. This is a U.S. Forest Service report on the loss of habitat that is affecting many things, including, quote, one of America's greatest legends. The report reads... There are many reasons the U.S. Forest Service conserves open space. It allows us to deliver clean water, 
provide space for recreation, activities, and maintain wildlife habitat for a variety of creatures, most notably the North American Sasquatch. While most people believe this ape man to be a thing of folklore and urban legend, researcher Thaddeus Gutenberg with the U.S. Forest Service Mythical Wildlife Division recently confirmed that Bigfoot is real. It goes on to say that we've been keeping its existence under wraps for years to protect its privacy, said Gutenberg. But because the country is losing more and more open space each day, we wanted to make it known that the habitat of one of America's greatest legends may be at risk. Most people only know Bigfoot from the 1987 family classic, Harry and the Hendersons, and his recent work appearing in more than 40 beef jerky commercials. But what most people don't know is that this wasn't just a guy in a suit. It was the actual hominid-like creature that did the acting. But despite his brushes with Hollywood fame, the tall, dark, and hairy creature has remained elusive. Are you kidding? Yeah, I think they've got to definitely be kidding about that part. I that, hope you so. know, that ha- has to be a guy in a suit. And I don't think uh, Mr. Bigfoot's got an agent. <laughs> Throughout the years, he has been spotted more than 400 times just in and around California. Since reports of his actual existence were confirmed by the Forest Service, Many recreationists have spotted the ape-like creature. Sounds like the power of subliminal messaging, don't you think? Yeah, sublim- if you know, all, all of a sudden, yeah, he's real, and then everybody sees him. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's any less shy, as they said. <laughs> you know, one sighting was by a group of teenage hikers in the Cleveland National Forest in California. They captured several great photos of the beast. But, like most evidence over the years, the images mysteriously vanished. The second sighting was at the Okanon Wenatchee National Forest in Oregon. The anonymous eyewitness said that he was capturing fireflies with his two kids when they heard a loud rustling sound. Then he noticed a hairy figure step out of the trees. He frantically searched for his night vision binoculars but saw that it was no bear. Why does this guy carry night vision binoculars? <laughs> I mean, I believe that part of this this story is an April Fool's prank, but well, maybe that thing, Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, was huge and scary," said the witness. "I always thought Bigfoot was a myth. Too bad I didn't have my video camera." Mm-hmm. Not known to many, the Forest Service has invested in high-tech cameras that only report credible Bigfoot images and sound. So the next time you're viewing one of our animal cams, streaming live on YouTube, pay close attention because you may see a glimpse of the giant creature. You know that there actually is a cam that the Forest Service had within the last two years of a nesting bald eagle. Mm -hmm. And there was what appeared to be a Sasquatch recorded walking on the ground through the woods, underneath that nest. Really? Really. And, and you can find that on YouTube about anywhere. Huh. But, you know, so they, they make a joke about this, but there actually was what appeared to be a Sasquatch moving through the woods under the cam that was watching a, a nesting bald eagle. That's interesting. Yeah. The Forest Service report goes on to say, with the confirmed existence of Bigfoot, the Forest Service has put together a few outdoor 
and recreational safety tips. Travel with a companion. Think about your footing while traveling. Wear appropriate clothing. Check your equipment. Learn basic first aid. Make camp before dark. And keep in mind that these tips are resourceful for any adventure you have in a national forest, not just when encountering a nine-foot-tall ape-man. They should include, in giant letters, take a camera or camcorder and save the footage. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree (laughs) with that. And then they ended up with saying, the part of the story that's no joking matter. An estimated 6,000 acres of open space are lost each day, a rate of four acres per minute. Looking ahead, the forest on the edge of the project estimates that 57 million acres of private lands could experience sizable increases in housing density by 2030. Public forests are also affected. The National Forest on Edge publication estimates that 21 million acres of private rural lands near national forest and grasslands will experience substantial housing and density increases by 2030. Mm. You know, if they would only admit that it's real, then it would become a protective species possibly. But then that would just ruin billions and billions of dollars in industry. Forestry, housing, everything else, and everything that's associated with it, all the little restaurants to feed the loggers, the gas trucks, everything else. There's good reason for them not to do this financially. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Well, Deb, this took a little longer than I planned, and we're running out of time. Looks like uh, we may need to have part two next week so we can touch on the possible Neanderthal and Bigfoot connection I found. Can't wait to hear that. Well, folks, thanks for listening, and until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode, and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com, and if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.